It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Book the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, here we are. The Caps have made it. It is Christmas week. It is the holiday season. And, of course, that means Coach Dan and I, we're twinsies. We both got our our Caps Santa hats on, our Caps toques. There they are. Joining me, as always, to talk all about it, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I... (laughs) I'm doing better than apparently people are on the roads where I live here in Montgomery County. I always have Twitter open during the show, and I feel like every minute or two, there's another announcement of an accident on a road somewhere here in central Montgomery County. Like, what? what is happening? So it's last-minute shoppers. They, they're like, wait, I have to go into a store to buy something? What is this? Well, they don't know what to do. There's bricks and there's mortar. This is ridiculous. But apparently, everywhere around where I live... People are getting into accidents right now. It's so scary. But I- I'm good, man. How have you been? Doing good. I'm feeling good. I'm tired. It's Christmas season, as it should be. You know, that's uh, what we do. But the Caps, 
I guess, you know, just like Santa bringing Coach Dan Cole on Christmas, the Caps are at least consistent. You're, you're the one who always makes jokes at my expense. You're getting the cold. <laughs> well, the Caps went 1-1-1 one, one, and one since we talked last. They're consistent. What can we say? They uh, they don't like to go in either direction at this point. No, and I. <laughs> it does seem to, after that sort of tear they went on, was that November? They've just kind of been... In, consistent and you know we're gonna get a win we're gonna get a loss and we're gonna lose in overtime or a shootout it's gonna be great and it kind of it's a great i feel like representation of what this team is right now they're an okay team they're a 500 team although technically if you went one one and one you're under 500 but that's besides the point you know they're they're a, they're a mid they're middle of the pack club like they're not that good they're not bad they're just kind of there and the problem that you can run into as a team or a club that are are in sort of the middle is you don't, you know, if your season ends poorly, you don't end up with a great draft pick. You know, either you make the playoffs and get blown out, you know, with a bad draft pick, but you're not going to have a really good opportunity to get a high pick. So where they are right now is they kind of, they don't necessarily have to pick a direction to go in. You know, someone's going to end up kind of in the middle. But if they want to be a team that makes the playoffs, they're going to have to up their game a bit. And mostly they got to up their goal scoring. They need to up their defensive play. And I feel like they're making some moves to do both of those things. And we'll kind of see. We'll see what happens over the next couple of games and seeing which players are actually on this roster. we got a couple of guys that are out. Uh, one dude might actually play for the Caps for the first time ever in the next little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Is it is it weird to you that we're saying the Caps are having trouble offensively and they're not consistent with goal scoring when you have Alex Ovechkin on the team as the captain? Like, it's it's really weird that Ovi is there and they're not scoring very many goals. Yeah, it's something that we haven't really talked about very often in terms of this team not scoring. Or we've just talked about how, well, Ovechkin's the only one scoring. But... They're not scoring a ton of goals. I believe they're, let me double check this, but I believe their goal differential right now is a minus 10, which is certainly not ideal for a team that wants to be talked about as a, as a contender or a team or even contending for the playoffs right now. They're fifth in the, in the, I was the conference fifth in the division, but they're only three points out of second. So it's not like anybody's necessarily running away with the top few spots. The Rangers are pretty far ahead of everybody. They're what? Nine points up on the caps. But a couple of wins, you know, they go on a little bit of a losing streak. Caps go on a winning streak, or anyone else in the division goes on a winning streak, and they're well, except for Columbus, and they're right back in it. So you know what? After you get past the Rangers until you get down to Columbus, everybody else is just kind of mixed in. We got six point difference between second and seventh place. So it's kind of crazy how either good or just average every other team is in this division. I'm not really sure which the case is, but right now with the lack of goal scoring, I mean, it's a problem. And not just an Ovechkin problem. Like, the fact that he's still sitting on five goals, and this has been the longest ever in his career. Was it 13 games now that he hasn't scored? This is the longest he's ever gone in his career without scoring a goal. And it's hard to look at the team right now and go, okay, you know what? They're, he's going to turn it around because there's just no evidence this season. He's sitting on 17 points. He's got five goals and 12 assists. He's third on the team in points right now. He, 
Dylan Strom is ahead of him with 12 and 6, and Tom Wilson with 10 and 8. Is this an Ovechkin problem, or is this a inexperienced coach problem? I could see how the latter there would be the easy talking point. Right. But I think the reason we're not really hearing that. Well, it's true. But I feel like the reason we're not hearing that anywhere else is because it's not a coaching problem because everyone else is not everyone else, but a lot of other guys doing well. I mean, Dylan Strom is lighting it up. Chicago's probably regretting letting him go at the moment. Tom Wilson's doing really well. Carlson's doing well for a defense. He's got one and 14. McMichael's got six and seven. Protus has got three and 10. Kuznetsov is playing better overall, I think. And Mantha's doing well. He's got seven goals and four assists. He and McMichael have really clicked with uh, Protus on the left. And so it's not like the other players are not contributing. And so you have to look at it and go, it's an Ovechkin thing. And there's so many easy things to you know pick out here. Oh, well, he's older. He's, what, 38? He's getting to the end of his career. His body's breaking down. But to see him go from last season where he's scoring a ton of goals to this season where he's not, I feel like that's too quick of a drop-off, and I'm not really sure what the case is. And I know someone, I apologize, I can't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter brought up that they just, they're seeing him more and more this season fumble the puck than he used to when it gets put on his stick and like, okay, yeah, I guess there definitely has been a bit of that, but I always feel like he's a dude who, he struggled from time to time with controlling the puck when he gets past him. Like everyone, especially when he's in front of the net, like right in front, he gets a quick pass to him and he just doesn't, he doesn't quite hit it perfectly. And that's not to say that it happens all the time earlier in his career, but I always felt like I was like, come on, man, you could be a little bit better at that. Like that's the one part of goal scoring that he's, I feel like in his career where if it's bounced a little bit too much, it always ends up going wide. And I think part of that is just like, like when I played baseball as a kid, I, if I swung the bat really hard, like my accuracy is not as good. I'm not gonna hit the ball. I have to hit it perfectly to get it going somewhere. But you know, if you kind of, not concentrate a bit more, but if you focus a little bit more on the the finesse aspect, you're you have a better chance of making contact. The ball's just not going to go as far. And so I kind of feel like that's always been the case with the Vetchkin, where he just hits the puck so hard when he takes a shot that he just rips it. So when it's on net, it's going in. But if it goes wide, it's, you know, it's pretty obvious. And so he's definitely taken his fair share of shots that have just not gone anywhere near the net. And for this season, anyway, I just feel like, you know, maybe it is. Maybe that's part of the issue is that he's, He's fumbling a bit, and I don't know if he's just holding the stick too tight right now. I don't know if he's struggling with the system. He's not in the right spots, but he's getting his opportunities. And you kind of – you look at the team, and I think we talked about this before. They're doing okay without one of the greatest goal scorers of all time scoring goals. What is this team going to look like if he does start to score? Like that minus 10 goal differential is going to change relatively quickly. And so I'm just I'm curious to see if they can get him going. And it's not like he doesn't have centers that can help him out. McMichael's doing well, but it's likely he's not going to be on line with him because McMichael, Mantha, and Protus is really working out. He's got Dylan Strom, who's tearing it up. He's got, you know, 12 goals and six assists. And Kuznetsov, you know, maybe he gets paired back up with him at some point if Kuznetsov can pick up his game a bit. So I'm just curious to see if he eventually goes on a hot streak. And he's always been a bit of a streaky goal scorer. You know, he'll go and he'll he'll light it up and then he'll go through a little bit of a drought and then he'll light it up again. This is just a really long drought. Yeah, that was, and I think I was part of the reality is never this extent of a, of a drought. Yeah, it's never been this long. And so all of us are just kind of like, what's happening? Like, where'd he go? And so I'm just curious to see what happens. Like, if he scores one, is it going to be like, I, you know, this is not great for an audio media, but is he going to be like, hmm, 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 hmm. 
like rubbing his hands together like my turn now yeah. and, and he this is what i've been missing up. yeah he's oh, right it goes behind the goalie no i mean so we'll see what happens and they're you know switching things up on the power play and we'll see if that helps him out and I don't think this is a situation where they're like, whoop, time to get rid of the guy. Or he's done. He's washed up. He needs to retire. Like, he's still a very good goal scorer. He's just, whatever the reason, this season early on, it's not really early on anymore, but this season's not really working for him. But let's see what happens. We've still got plenty of games to go. They've played, what, 28 games? Do I have that right? So a little and bit we play a quarter done. Yeah. So he's still got a, you know, a good opportunity to pick things up and – you know, start tearing it up. Like he's not the goal scorer he used to be, but no one is that right. goal scorer that he used to be. Right? He just needs to be. Instead of being amazing, great, generational, he just needs to be really good. And he's not like he's not contributing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there's two guys that are on IR. Uh, kind of Sonny Milano, he was announced that he was heading to IR, and that kind of came out of nowhere. That caught me a little bit off guard because I didn't think that like he got hurt in a game or anything like that. It was just kind of like, well, he may have pulled something in practice. And now TJ Oshie, also on injury reserve, and uh, allegedly they will not play no. before the Christmas break. So uh, that brings up some new names from Hershey. But Oshie and Milano on injury reserve, I mean, it seems like, this team can never have a clean bill of health. Is it this team or just Oshi? I mean, like, it's Oshi a wrong. lot, but there's always somebody on IR. <laughs> don't give me that's true. I in honestly, I'd have to do a, a deeper dive into it in terms of the NHL and seeing how, like, what is the statistics right now in terms of NHL teams and players that are on injured reserve. And I have to imagine, especially the teams that went further into the playoffs last year, though that wasn't the Caps. More more guys likely. That'd be an interesting thing to learn. Like, the further you go into the playoffs, especially year after year, do you have more injuries? But there's so many different aspects to that and different factors in terms of, like, age of players and playing style. It doesn't matter. That'd be an interesting thing to learn. But in terms of, like, Oshi, and we've heard this before, I, I love TJ Oshi. I think he's an amazing player. I think he's a, he's a Hall of Fame talent. I think definitely with the Caps. And I think his numbers will be up in the rafters. Probably not at Capital One. We can talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but I think his number will be should be retired by this team because of what he's meant. And he, he hoisted the cup. And he was a big part of why the Capitals can say that they've won the Stanley Cup before. But at this point, he's no longer a reliable player. And it's it, it's it, it hurts me to say that from like a, a sporting aspect. But also it's like, dude's got to think about his life after hockey. He's got what, like, four kids he's got he's got a bunch of kids he's got a, he, three or four i think now and he's got a long road ahead of him right like we were so oh these players are done they're retiring like they're retiring at like their late 30s or early 40s like for <laughs> any other business that's just you know you've been doing what you've been doing for 10 20 years at that point like you still got a ways to go before yeah. you're done right and also i feel like he'd be great in the broadcast booth when he's done Either broadcast booth or a studio, like I feel like he'd be a lot of fun because he seems like he's a bit of a goof, but he knows the game. So, with these injuries that are coming, we got Ovechkin not scoring. You've got Oshi, you know, in and out of the training room. Milano with I don't know what it was. Maybe it was he pulled something at practice, but he suddenly was on IR. 
And so all of these were things happening with a first-year head coach, and they're still in the mix. I mean, you got to give some credit to Carberry for that. And now we're going to see how some of these other guys do. I mean, we brought up Hendricks Lapierre. We saw him before. He's actually playing on the wing with Kuznetsov in the middle. And then, and we'll see, because Carberry didn't get, you know, promises are guaranteed. He wouldn't confirm it. But they called up Miros Nachenko, and he's playing on the right side of the third line with Kuznetsov and Lapierre. And so we'll see if he gets to play on, what is it? Uh, what's today? What is today? Tuesday? It's the Tuesday. We'll see yeah. if he plays against. The, it's weird when you haven't been at work for a little bit and you're like, what day is it again? <laughs> when um, they play the Islanders at Capital One <clears throat> on, on Wednesday to see if he actually gets a game. I mean, I don't know who else is going to play in front of him because they still, you know, Oshie's out, Milano's out, Pacioretty's not, he's not back yet. Per Bailey Johnson from the Washington Post, Carberry was saying that Patrick is getting really close and could potentially play as soon as the first game after Christmas. Yeah, he, so, he's in a non-contact, or he 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 is in a he is not in a non-contact jersey anymore. This was his first practice, I think, today, where he was just wearing a regular jersey like all the other players. So he's coming back. But my thing is, like, he's like, well, I don't know if he's going to get a, a, a jersey on Wednesday. And if I'm one of the reporters, I'm like, um, who is? <laughs> like, you ain't got nobody else. Unless I miss. I mean, I guess Phillips could play. Sure. But it seems like he's the odd man out right now. Like, they're just kind of putting him in in spots or something. I mean, he played, what, like three minutes the other night? So, I, you know what? Let the kid play. Let's see what he's got. I think that would be cool. Let him play against the Islanders let him at home. You know, you kind of control what's going on. You got friendly arena. And that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, to have him play on. Why have him? Pra- why call him up if you're not going to play him? Yeah, like, there's that- no point. He's doing well in Hershey and he's developing as you want. So why are you going to call him up if you're not going to play him? I-, I will admit I am a little surprised that Miroshevchenko got the call up because you know, there were other players that you and I have talked about that were like, maybe this guy should get a call up. Maybe he's doing really well. I know Mir Shevchenko is doing really well in Hershey, but it just seems like it's so soon for him to get the call up. I'm excited, definitely, to see what he can do. I hope he gets a jersey. Uh, but I sent it to you because I was shocked to see that Mir Shevchenko was already getting a call up. But, you know, this might be a twofold decision. Number one, to give Miro some some NHL time to see how he does as a reward for doing so well in the AHL. But this also might be really good for Ovechkin. You know, maybe this is the fire that he needs under his butt to, to, to be a goal scoring beast again, because now you've got this young Russian that Ovechkin could mentor and, and be a leader to. So maybe this is like a twofold move. It's like, all right, we've tried everything else with Ovi to get his game back on track. What do we do if we give him a young Russian to show off in front of? Maybe. I, I I was surprised when you texted me to say that you know he was the one that got recalled because I was like what yes, like I thought it would have been bad words I yeah but I spelled them in a not bad way so it doesn't <laughs> count but like I, I I was a bit surprised that it wasn't Lapierre didn't surprise me he's been kind of back and forth and that right. wasn't very that wasn't shocking by any means but everything that we've been reading was like they like how he's progressing he's doing really well just not ready yet. And so I wonder if part of it they're looking at, well, you know, we're just not scoring a ton of goals and he's young. We got a back-to-back coming up at home and then on the road. 
you know, we'll, maybe we'll give him two games and then send him back down. But who knows? I mean, with Milano and Oshie not playing until after the Christmas break and Patch Reddy not playing until after the Christmas break, you might get him for the next couple of games unless they want to send him down and bring someone else back up. I and mean, what's Hershey's schedule like? Actually, I can just check our notes, can't I? Yes. They don't play again. <laughs> they don't play again until Friday. So he could at least get two games in if they wanted to before. Se- oh, that'd be three in a row, though. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him in terms of how he does. And I have to imagine he gets at least one of these next two games in. If he does play, if he plays, if we see Miroshevchenko take the ice, what is your prediction? Where is he lining up and does he get a goal? Third line, right wing, and uh, the Islanders? Maybe? Well, that'd be kind of nice if he scored on for Lomov. Does he get a goal, or does he get a point then? Not a goal, but a point. I don't know. Because Kuznetsov's not lighting it up, and LaPierre's not. I need an assist. You know what? He's got two guys that can feed him the puck. He could score. I think, yes. I think he scores. If not, if he plays in Columbus, I think he scores in Columbus. All right, so the other thing we got to talk about, uh, took up like a full show last week about this guy, Ethan Bear. Like we even like recorded early because we were like, all right, let's get this show in before they sign him and then we'll be able to talk about him. Will they, won't they? Well, Ethan Bear's still not a capital. There was news that came out late last week that he had signed a two-year deal, but uh, nothing official has come out from the Capitals organization. And apparently he was even spotted at the practice facility, but again, nothing has happened with Ethan Bear yet. No. And I, well, part of that I think was that they didn't have a spot for him. You know, they had 23 guys on the roster. They put Lucas Johansson on waivers yesterday. He cleared, so he's back in Hershey. So now they had, they had eight defense when they were carrying, which is still, I don't know, to me that seems just a bit odd. But you got the Alexiev and you had Johansson. Now you have Alexiev, so you have that extra spot on your roster. Yeah, Milano go down. Oshie, you know, this guy's on IRC. So call up Miroslavchenko and Lapierre. So they've got the roster spot to bring him in. But the problem is they got a bit of a time crunch because if I read this correctly, they have until tonight, that being Tuesday, at 11.59, they, the roster freeze takes over in the NHL. And you can't really make any moves until 12.01 a.m. on December 28th. So that's four games he wouldn't be able to theoretically play in. No, I, I don't believe the roster freeze stops you from signing people. But if you wanted to, like, you know, uh, conditioning stint him to Hershey, that's still a thing the NHL allows. But, like, if you wanted to send him down to Hershey to play a game or two before you bring him back up, if that's even a thing they want to do, like, you have to do that likely before tonight. Because it said, at least I'm reading on TSN, that where did it say it? No waivers or trades permitted during the holiday period, and only limited circumstances where players can be loaned between the NHL AHL. So it's hard to see the NHL being like, "Oh, you just sign this guy? Yeah, you can send him to Hershey to play." Like, no. Now it could be that you know what they bring him, they sign him, and he just does a bunch of practices, and then jumps in. He's like any player, like Pacioretty. He's been injured, right? He's I, do they send him down to Hershey? It doesn't. And I feel like I read something recently, might have been a mailbag on The Athletic with Tarek El-Bashir, where, no, he's not on there anymore. Not not The Athletic, um, Monumental, where 
someone was asking him about like how come in other sports you see like players get sent down for conditioning assignments where they come back and you don't really see that in the nhl so maybe it's a fact of just like they're just iron you know figuring out the little bits of details but like he was spotted at the practice facility today bailey johnson said she spotted ethan bear walking around the caps practice facility a little bit ago so safe to say that the signing will be made official pretty soon well it's that that evening and we still haven't seen anything about him being watched now it's gonna be like on twitter that yeah, that's, that's what i'm looking up right now just be like well this is this is happening <laughs> i mean it definitely sounds like it's happening it's just not official and so I, I like i don't know what's taking so long unless there's something with his medical that they're concerned about like did they bring him in today and they're like ooh, that's a problem like, you had to wait until they had the spot open to sign him. The spot's open. So part of me is just kind of waiting to see if the Caps announce it and then send him down to Hershey for, like, a conditioning stint or something, and he plays, what do they play, Friday, Saturday or something? You know, he plays in those two games, and then he comes on up. And I don't know. We'll see. And maybe the NHL will make an exception in terms of, like, being able to move him around after today. But I, I this one I'm confused about why this is taking so long. But I like that they're bringing in a guy that's got veteran experience. They weren't getting what they wanted to get in Johansson. It sounds like they're not getting what they wanted in Alexiev. We talked about that a, what, a month ago where Carberry said, you know, some of these young defensemen aren't kind of playing where they should be. You know, they're consistent for, like, a game or two, and then they play really poorly. They're lacking the consistency that they need. And I feel like a guy, because if I remember correctly, he's, like, 26 Ethan Bear, that is, that this is a guy who, who's played in the NHL before. He understands it. The Caps were interested in him at the trade deadline last year from Carolina, where he was just kind of the odd man out. And so now it sounds like they're going to get an opportunity to kind of see what they've gotten him, sign him to a two-year deal. I just don't know what's taking so freaking long to make the announcement. I mean, I wish they I wish they would. I really do. <laughs> just I just want to know what's going on, man. <laughs> It's just it's weird that it's taking this long. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh what else should we talk about here in Caps World? We talked a bit about this last week, but now it's official, or you know, official so far, that monumental sports and entertainment is gonna be moving the Wizards and the Capitals to Potomac Yard in Arlington. Or is it Alexandria? In Virginia just south of National Airport. And aside from those that are in the, what, the the public offices down there in terms of, like, with the mayor of the area and the governor of Virginia and Monumental, everyone else is not pleased. Well, and a couple of talking heads. But there are a lot of people that are not happy about this. And I, you know, last week I talked about how it wasn't be that big of a deal and how it's not going to, you know, hurt people's commutes. And, like, and that... It's a DC area, so who knows what the commute could be. It could be 45 minutes from Montgomery County. It could be two hours, depending on traffic and depending on the route you take and the time of the game. Would I rather it stay in DC? Yeah, of course. They're the Washington Capitals, they're not the Virginia Capitals. Would I rather them stay in a centralized location on the, well, I use the red line, but like on the metro? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for the fans. This is not the easiest spot to get to. I mean, the Metro wasn't designed great in terms of like kind of everybody comes in and then goes back out like New York with the grid probably would have been a bit better. But I, 
I don't know. Like I just go to, I, I don't go to as many games as I used to for a variety of reasons. Probably, you know, the two small humans I'm in charge of now, which makes it a lot harder. But for fans, especially season ticket holders in Montgomery County or in just the state of Maryland, like that's, it kind of sucks. Because you're, you know, 30-minute ride. I would go from, you know, Rockville or Twinbrook or, or Glenmont. But going from, say, Shady Grove, you know, it's like a 35. Drive, you know, it depends. Could be 45 minutes to get from home to the rink. Now it'll take me probably an hour, an hour and 15, depending on traffic. So it just, you know. And I think part of also is, like, we're lucky, right? We live in an area that's such a big metropolis, so it's easy for us to get to games. But, like, if you're a a fan of a team in the Midwest and you live an hour and a half from the major city, right? Like you don't live near the team that you support. So it, it's, it's a long drive. So part of this is just, we've been spoiled by having this team, having the arena in a really good spot. And now it's not so great. And it doesn't help that like the day after the announcement, the dude in charge of Metro was like, uh, they didn't talk to us about any of this. Oh, lovely. And we're like, we're also looking at closing like 10 Metro stations because of budget cuts and, and ones that are like rarely used or not rarely used. That's not fair. Ones that are not used as much. So Metro's like, uh, what's happening? And we're going to be potentially closing stations earlier because of budget cuts. And then, yeah. So, and they're like, Oh, there's also like not necessarily a ton of parking and the roads out there are not necessarily built for 15, 18,000 fans coming. So we'll see what happens. There's every, chance that this thing could fall apart the now commanders like with jack Kent cook back in like was it the early 90s 91 or whatever it was had an announcement of like or was it mid 90s you know they were going to move to potomac yard i think the yep. exact same spot and that fell yep. apart yep so we'll see what happens but people are not happy and it's not just fans like you know local uh, celebrities or people that have supported the team and support and been a part of the arena are not thrilled that this is happening. It doesn't, it affects the city of DC big time, but I don't think it's necessarily done yet. There's still other hurdles they have to, to not overcome, but um, other things they have to get done to actually make this official. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I will say after this was announced, uh, my company holiday party happened the next day. So I got to see, I mean, most of us are remote now, so I got to see a lot of people I normally don't see. And I was like, so you're going to be hitting up any Caps games when uh, this new arena comes out? Every single person said, I'm done. I'm not going to games anymore. You know, Josh, who I do my Ravens podcast with, who goes to every single Ravens home game, uh, he said, well, I'm not going. Uh, I'm not traveling to Virginia. I'm like, it's right over the river, though. And he goes, I don't care. It's it's further away from me. I'm not doing it. So I, I am very... Uh, not concerned, but I'm very intrigued to see what this does to the fan base because I feel like those three stars on the jersey are supposed to represent D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I don't think the Maryland fan base feels very represented now uh, that it's in Virginia. So I am i don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's a bunch of people just knee-jerk reactions. I think the plan of it looks gorgeous. I mean, if they can pull this off, it is a gorgeous looking stadium and concert venue outside. Uh, all of that looks great on paper. But. I mean, 
I, I don't know how. I don't know. Number one, I don't know how you pull that off. And I, I found it very intriguing. You know, Ted Leonsis, he was talking about it. I, I, I forgot he owns Capital One Arena. So by him leaving Capital One Arena, he, he now has this prime real estate where I guess he could sell it back to the city. He says he's planning to have just women's sports at that arena now. Uh, well, I think the, Georgetown will be there. The uh, the Hoyas, the Mystics will be there. You know, it's still a concert venue, but it's not it's not nearly the same amount of revenue that you would get from having the NBA and the NHL teams in there, as well as the WNBA and college basketball. But here's the thing: there already is an arena for the Mystics to play in, the DC Sports and Entertainment Arena. I've gone to two wrestling shows there. It it is in a terrible part of town. Like I took the metro to get there, and I left the metro, and I'm like, I don't feel safe here in any way. Like it's it's this brand new, very nice, small-ish arena surrounded by abandoned, insane asylum buildings. It's it's not a great place to have an arena, but it is a nice arena. Uh, but I guess you know what it's around is kind of looks murdery, so it's uh it's not the greatest. But you already got that arena. So now you're going to have three arenas in the span of, like, one city. And also coming back from that uh, wrestling show, that was two Octobers ago? Maybe been two Octobers ago. Um, coming back, that Metro from, like, the show ended at, like, 1130. I didn't get back to my car until, like, 1 a.m. And I had to switch Metro cars because there were these three drunk people that uh, at the one stop I turn around, one person's passed out, the other one vomited in the middle of the floor. So I ran out of that uh, metro car and got one on it got on the one in front of us. So I mean, it's not like, oh, you can just take the metro to this. I, I don't want to take the metro if I don't have to, but it seems like they're kind of forcing you to take the metro to get to this arena. I also thought it was very interesting that they said they're moving. All of the Monumental Sports Network, the whole television, streaming, everything, the studios are all being built up in this new space when they just built a brand new studio at Capital One Arena. Why would you build a brand new studio if in three years you're going to open up a brand new studio? I know, I know, like technology changes very quickly, but that, that just doesn't seem like very good use of your money. But. You know, it is what it is. We'll see if this happens. But I think the Maryland side of this fan base feels very alienated. And I, I don't know. I I don't know if we're going to start seeing half-empty arenas uh, once this new place opens. Because I also think uh, it's not going to be real cheap to get a ticket for a brand-new arena. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I imagine, yeah, the tickets will be expensive. But I think the Maryland fans that are going to, you know, Stop being season ticket holders will be taken up by those who live in the city or live in Virginia. That's easier to get to the arena. And I, I completely understand as a Marylander, the frustration with being like, well, not, not, not as like represented anymore, but how much harder it's going to be to get to the arena. Right. But I, and it's not quite the same because there's significantly more NHL games, but like people in Virginia are like, we've been doing that forever to go to commanders games or, you know, Redskins games. And so, but who wants to go to a commander's game? Well, not right now because they suck. <laughs> the difference is now you can see that there's a light 
hopefully at the end of the tunnel because they don't have an ownership that's run by a horrible human being. But the reality of it is this is likely happening. Obviously, things can still change. And I think for people in Maryland, it becomes more of an event to go to as opposed to like, hey, you want to go to the game tonight? Right. It's, hey, we're going to plan out. We're going to go to the game on that you know Tuesday in two weeks. So make sure you, know, you can leave work early and all that so stuff. And, you know. Hotels are going to be key for the success of that new arena then. Not necessarily, because you can still drive home. I mean, traffic, ideally, you know, on at least on the Beltway or the American Legion Bridge ain't going to be that bad, hopefully. But if you're like planning 10... something out like that, you're going to want to, like, stay overnight. Maybe, maybe not. I think you're planning it out simply because of the commute and the traffic aspect, and it's during rush hour. But, and my sister brought this up because she's angry about it, given she's also, you know, lives in Montgomery County, but. The team or people who live in the city, it's going to be, you know, you're at work and you're like, hey, you want to go to the game tonight? We'll just take the metro a couple stops. That's not the case anymore. Now you got to get a bunch of stops and change trains and all sorts of things. And it's just harder for everybody to get there unless you live in the area. Right. So I fully understand why they want to do this. Sorry, as I like shoved a mint in my mouth a moment ago. The, and I fully blame the Atlanta Braves for this. Owners and, and the Orioles were trying to do this. I don't know if they actually ended up getting it, but it sounds like Angelos is going to sell it anyways or sell them. That the owners now want land rights. They want right. to be able to build on top of that because it's an opportunity to make more money. Ted Leonsis does love his money. And as does every other owner in every professional sports thing ever. Yep. So... It's an opportunity for the team, for Monumental to make more money. Like you can build this and keep in mind, renderings never end up being reality. So while it looks great, it's not going to look quite like that. You know, I remember when Nats Park was built, the renderings look great. And they're like, oh, actually, it costs too much money to put the parking garages underground. So now you don't get the view of the Capitol from inside the stadium or inside the, the stadium. Yeah. Which would have looked awesome. Or DC United had that when they were building Audi Field. Like, oh, we have this great look. This is going to be amazing. Not quite the same. So we'll wait and see what happens. You know, I like this. Got like the river in the background. That looks cool. And I like that, you know, how it kind of is this big area. And there's like a concert venue next to it. Like, this will look cool. And like building that kind of thing in DC is harder. There isn't necessarily the space. But I I don't know. It just, it still doesn't feel great. I don't love it. I love the idea. I just don't love the location. I think DC makes the most sense. It's centralized for the fans in the district in Maryland and Virginia. I, this is why the commanders need to get back into DC. It's why the team should be playing. Every team should be playing in the city that they're named after. And so, the, I mean, it will annoy me. Now, I'm not, I don't think the situation, and I don't think this, <laughs> hey, Bills fan here, the only team actually playing in New York. The only, the real New York team. The, I, I, I don't think it makes sense if fans, especially, now, I'm not going to speak for people who live in Baltimore, but like, be like, we're going to go be a fan of a different team now. Well, the commute to see the Caps is still going to be less than any other team that you try and go see. It'd be cool if Baltimore got its own NHL team, but y'all need a new arena first. 
They upgraded that arena. And I went to the upgraded arena. It's nice. I was like, oh, you guys got new chairs. That's fun. No, look, it definitely looks nicer than it did before, but it's not it's not big enough for a real I th I think I don't mean to cut you off, but I think anybody that is a Baltimore Caps fan when this happens will they would much rather go to Hershey for a cheaper uh night of hockey and parking and drive an hour hour and a half to get there than they will go to Virginia. Well, what's your what's your drive? To Hershey. Mine's to Hershey, like two fifteen, two and a half, I think. Hour and a half, if that. Wait, I might have that wrong. Let's see. Giant center. You said hour and a half? That's not bad. That actually probably, depending on traffic, that, you know, daytime or uh, a game during the week probably is less. Yeah, hour 33 from Baltimore. All right. From me, it's just over two hours. I was, oh, well, that's right now. You know, if we wanted to go to a, let's say I wanted to arrive by, let's say just after six, anywhere from two hours to three hours and 10 minutes. Yikes. That is a big difference. And I think that's what people are going to be envisioning from the Baltimore area going down to Virginia. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. So I think anyone that still follows the Caps will watch the Caps on television or on mm -hmm. the app, but they will go and see who's playing in Hershey before they venture to Virginia. That's what I could see happening for Maryland yeah, fans. I think that makes sense. Well, especially up in Baltimore. You're coming from Montgomery County. It's, it's still going to be less time likely to get to a Caps game. But... Like I say, it's I think it's gonna be more of an event than right. a last minute thing. Like when I was younger, in college or whatever, and I'd be like, you know, talking to friends who were hockey fans, I'd be like, "Yes, we go to the Caps game," and like that day we would just decide to go. So oh, I think yeah. it's, gonna be a, it's gonna be a little bit harder to do that now, simply because of the commute, because of the traffic, because Metro. Who, well, the Metro thing we're gonna see. They said they're gonna put two hundred million into the Potomac Yard Metro station. Like, I like everything about Even, like, the name Potomac Yard, I feel like, is going to sound cool. But everything sounds great except for the location. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I can tell you, back in our college days, buddy, there have been a plethora of times where I left the Owings Mills area and then drove to Silver Spring and hopped on the Metro to see a game. A plethora of times that happened. Now, uh, you know, pushing 40, I I'm not doing that on a weekday. I need to take, like, a half day off of work before I do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll see. I mean, I live, I live I live close to two different metro stations, but I I work right down the street from a metro station. So like, usually I'll just go hop on. Now it's instead of being a half hour trip, it's gonna take. I think it was an hour. Because I'll take the red line down to switch. Actually, I, funnily enough, I'd have to switch at Gallery Place. To then jump on the, I think it was the yellow line to get over. Oh, that's gross. The yellow line, the color of the Pittsburgh Penguins to get to the Caps Arena. Something gross. needs to be done about that. Yeah. Not a fan. That right there sold it for me. This is a bad idea. Is <laughs> it on the yellow line or is it the blue line? I may have gotten that wrong. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Let's see. It is on the, I have no idea. That didn't work. Oh, blue and yellow. It's still, you know what? Still not loving it. Pittsburgh colors. Gross. Not a fan. But yeah. We'll see. I mean, a lot of things still have to go right for this to. Yeah, they might not even move. Huh? 
Like DC offered five hundred million uh, after this deal was announced. So like Uncle Teddy really could just be like, yeah, I mean that that artwork looked really good, but DC really likes us now. So we're just gonna stay here. Well, I think because Virginia is gonna give him the land that he wants. Right. DC's like, hey, we want you to stay at nat- what is now a bit of an older arena. And I get it. He's paying, you know, because he doesn't own the land that the building is on. So he's paying the you know, what rent essentially for that. And it was a lot. And he didn't like it. He, he made that public, which I don't love. So, I, you know, he's getting a better deal, I think, overall in Virginia. And, the, you know, the Maryland fans and the D.C. fans are kind of taking it, you know. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot that needs to go their way for this to be finalized. And the interesting thing is like this arena is going to open either right at or before I'm sorry, or after Ovechkin retires. So like you have this brand spanking new arena and you don't necessarily have a superstar player to help market to get people to come to the game, especially those that are coming from a bit further. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's probably why they were okay with moving, too, because they're like, well, we're going to lose those Maryland fans anyway now that Ovi's gone. I mean, it'll be interesting because, like, if they're a really good team, it's not that as big of a deal at that point. But if they're like, and I don't think this will be the case because they already have a bunch of young guys coming up. But, like, if they're a rebuilding team, here's our brand spanking new arena with a not very good team. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, they're not really that great right now with an aging Ovi. Without Ovi, who knows what happens. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, if he's not on this roster, I still feel like they're they're a decent team. And they have a ton of cap space to sign someone who I mean maybe they do kind of what Toronto did. Not exactly because they have Austin Matthews, but like they were kind of getting close and they signed John Tavares and like that helped to kind of you know get them going in the right direction. So it'll be you know, when that time comes, it'll be interesting to see who's gonna be a free agent if they make a do they make a big money move for somebody that they can market with a new arena. Well, we'll see what happens in the future. But for now, Coach Dan, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? No, I think that's it. I'm sure we'll get the announcement about Ethan Bear signing after we're done recording. That's true. We probably will. Well, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Down on the farm, we are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? 
Well, let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 3-0 since we last talked, with wins over Providence, Wobble, and Springfield. Bears are currently first in both the Atlantic Division and the entirety, that is, the American Hockey League, with 44 points, 9 up on second place Hartford. They'll be back at it on Friday in Springfield before coming home to host Providence at the Giant Center on Saturday. Another sort of Bears news, I was recently tweeting with Caps Monumental reporter Tarek El-Bashir asking him about Ethan Frank. We were talking about him last week. Right. Now, I asked when, I think it was when Snively got recalled, I was like, you know, any particular reason as do you think as to why Frank's not getting an opportunity? He said that he believes the Caps like how he's been developing, which is why he hasn't been called up yet. So now, to me, that sounds like they're going to give him an opportunity at some point. They just want to continue to see his progression in terms of how he develops. So we will see what happens there. Tark also said he doesn't think Miroshichenko will necessarily get a call up this year. And then, like, a couple weeks later, he got a call up. Now, to be fair, he doesn't work. I mean, he kind of works for the team in a way because he works for Monumental. But, you know, he's a reporter. He's not in the locker room necessarily. He's not part of the coaching staff. And things can change. Uh, but he's definitely one of the, if not the most trustworthy uh, guy for Caps News. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays also went 3-0 with wins over Orlando, Greenville, and Jacksonville. They are currently second in the South Division with 32 points, six back of first place Greenville. Now, they'll be back at it on Friday when they travel to Jacksonville. Then they host Florida at the North Charleston Coliseum on Saturday. In World Juniors news, it is officially official, Brandon. Ryan Leonard and Ryan, apparently if your name is Ryan, you're good to go. Leonard Hi, and Chesley, there you go. They will be representing the U.S. at the World Juniors Tournament. So congratulations to them. There's been some talk that this dude actually might suit up for the Caps at the end of the season. He, given that he, I, we'll see, it's still early in his college career, but he's tearing it up right now. And you know, is he a guy's like you know what? I'm gonna see if I can turn this into something. You know, start my career a little early, go out and. See what I can do in Washington or Her I don't think he can play in Hershey this season, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But this is a guy that, you know, he's we thought might be sort of a, a not Tom Wilson 2.0, like Tom Wilson 0.5, you know, not quite as good as what Tom Wilson is, but certainly a good NHL player. And maybe he's decided to take that personal and he's ready to go. So we'll see what happens there. I know Team yeah. USA has already flown over and they are practicing in Sweden. So um, I know they've landed. I think you go to USA Hockey's Facebook, they kind of have a day-by-day -day journal, which IIHF and USA Hockey, you guys really need to work and, and get something going on with your social media and your Facebook accounts because I feel just looking at your Facebook account, I'm going to get a hacker attacking me or something because look at all of their posts. All of the comments are, have you had a bad day? I will give you $5,000 to the first five people who message me. If you are listening out there, don't ever click those things. And IIHF and, and USA Hockey, figure this out because it is unbelievable how many of these posts have those those comments on there. And they're still there. Like, you need a moderator to delete that stuff. Come on. Yeah, that would be good. Because all that silly, well, there's a lot of silly stuff out there in the world of social media. But yeah, that's what's going on down on the farm. I will right, well, go Bears, go Stingrays, and go Team USA repping the World Juniors.
We're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. It's time to go around the NHL and beyond. The holidays are coming up, so things are a little quiet, but there's still stuff that Coach Dan wants to tell us about. So what's going on around the NHL and beyond? There's not a ton of news, but the news that there is was pretty big. Let's start in St. Louis, where they fired head coach Craig Berube last Tuesday. Berube, who led the team to their only Stanley Cup title in franchise history, was let go after the Blues were off to a 13-14-1 start. Now, he isn't the only head coach on the job hunt as Ottawa decided to make a change, firing head coach DJ Smith. Jacques Martin, who was the Senators head coach from 1996 until 2004, was named the interim head coach. Senator great Daniel Alfredson has also joined the team's coaching staff as an assistant coach. We got a little bit of trade news as Colorado sent winger Tomas Tartar to Seattle for a 2024 fifth round pick. And finally, the rivalry series between Team USA and Hockey Canada continued this past weekend. Canada won game four of the series in a shootout with the final score being three to two. And Team USA still leads the series three to one. The next game is set for February 7th in Saskatoon. That's the news for the past week in the NHL and beyond. All right, well, Coach Stan, is that the show? That's it, buddy. All right, everybody, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Stan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is follow both of us on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash. Coach Stan, where can people follow you at? Don't, don't help that man by calling it X. <laughs> it's a stupid name that makes no sense. It's dumb. I just love but the anyway, fact that he, he bought it and he was like, you know what? I'm going to have a theme going. I'm just going to name everything X. And even even Twitter is now going to be X. Like, what? what is his fascination with that letter? I don't know. It, it, that dude's got... Anyways. You can find me on that dumpster fire of a social media site slash app at WTP Coach Dan talking all kinds of capitals related hockey. Talking about Arsenal Football Club, top of the league. Talking about the Bills. Big win over the Dallas Cowboys, showing that they are, in fact, pretenders. And the Commanders, who are pretending that they're not going to fire Ron Rivera at the end of the season. As well as probably everyone in their front office. Which, while I hate people lose their jobs, and I have a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. It, yeah, it's not working, and it's time to start something new. But anyways, that's finding me on that dumpster fire at WTP coach. That's what they should change the name to. Just dumpster Dump, fire, dumpster fire. And you, you fire out tweets, but you can find 
our show on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of information about the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, the National Hockey League, and other things related to hockey that Brandon finds interesting. He'll put them on there for you. That's facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. Brandon, I was talking about a team in the NFL that is a pretender. If you happen to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, that might also be pretending. What <laughs> said it to make you mad? <laughs> is there a certain podcast they should listen to? How dare you, sir? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> you can listen. I had to, to my... do it. I had to do it. <laughs> you can listen to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. It is about the only team in the AFC that has clinched a postseason spot already. They face off against the uh, San Francisco 49ers on Christmas night. So you can watch that under the lights on Christmas night after you're digesting some turkey. And you can listen to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call wherever you listen to this show. Make sure you write us an Apple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify and then be social with the show. Let everybody know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Hive and Mastodon, anywhere you're social on the web or with your phone. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. On Wednesday, December 20th, can't find my mouse. There it is. On Wednesday, December 20th, the Capitals are at home in D.C., at home in D.C. for now. Uh, up against the Islanders. That game starts at 7.30, and you can watch that one on TNT or Max. And then back-to-back on Thursday the 21st, the Capitals travel to Columbus. That game is up against the Blue Jackets, 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. Then the Caps travel back home to D.C. on Christmas Eve Eve. The Caps are up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That game's at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. And then they have the Christmas break. They will be back on December 27th against the New York Rangers. That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. And then Coach Dan and I are going to do our best to get you guys a show between Christmas and New Year's. We're hoping to record on the 28th. We will keep everybody posted on X and Facebook of whether or not we get that done. But everything's looking good like we will be able to record that day. Coach Dan, we got a back-to-back. Who are we going with? Who's getting Who's getting the net? Is it going to be Lindgren? Is it going to be uh, Is it going to be uh, uh, who's Who's our number one Kemper. guy? Kemper. Is it going to be Kemper, Lindgren, or Hunter Shepard? What? Why would it be Hunter Shepard? You never know. Uh, Kemper against the Islanders, and because then he'll be available for Tampa. Lindgren against Columbus. All right, sounds good. All right, well, that is it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.